Welcome to our Hakal podcast number 29 in the series Classic Take, where we will take a classic topic of Mashiach and dig into it a little further. So in the previous episode, we've discussed the question if we will have post-trauma stress disorder when after Mashiach comes. And uh, this week, we will discuss the concept of thank, that we will thank Hashem for exile. And how is it possible to understand how we will even thank Hashem for exile? As we'll explain momentarily, this year is dedicated to the Nishmas Yeshua Yisrael Mechol Ben Zeev Aryeh. Okay, now in the previous class, we've previous episode, we've discussed a number of points of how we will look back at the suffering of exile. Um, I've mentioned the fact that Hashem will appease us for the suffering. I've also mentioned the fact that the prophets explained that we will completely forget about all the suffering of exile, be completely blocked out of our memory and experience due to the great bliss of future redemption. I've also mentioned the um, Pasuk that says that when Mashiach comes, our suffering will be like a dream. And I brought down the explanation of the Tzamech Tzedek that he explains that just like by a dream, the um, suffering is only imaginary. He explains two points. First, when the person is sleeping, his soul is functioning on a minimal level. And therefore, the pain that it suffers is insignificant. person feels it insignificant when he wakes up. Similarly, when Mashiach will come, will function on a much higher level of our soul. So the pain which we have experienced in exile will be insignificant because it was only a minimal part of our soul that was functionable at that point. And second of all, he explains that just like by a dream, a nightmare, we don't, suffering is not real to us because we realize once we wake up, that was just imaginary. The same thing is true about the future redemption. We will see how the suffering is only imaginary. Now, this is a really leads into um, to a, a separate discussion of understanding, in other words, the point that I was making in the previous episode was focusing on the fact that we will forget about the suffering, it won't exist. But there's an, another point, which is not contradictory, but it's a deeper, a further point, that we will realize how the suffering itself was really for the good. As, I, as we have the famous passage that in the future we will say, we will thank Hashem for the suffering. We will say, Hashem Thank Hashem that He was angry with me, which is an extraordinary statement. And even before I start, I'm just going to mention that Rebbe said that this is something that uh, we cannot, uh, no way we could understand this verse until Mashiach comes. At the time of exile, the suffering is so real and you know so intense and all-encompassing and uh, physically and spiritually that there's no way we could really understand how we will be able to thank Hashem for exile, how the exile is really good. But nevertheless, this is what the prophet tells us. And this is something which will, you know, is important for us to be aware, to understand how we will look back at the future, at the exile when Mashiach comes. So let us understand, what does it mean that the suffering is only imaginary? So the truth is there are a number of points. So this, this is a very broad subject, obviously, which is not limited only to the discussion about the exile and redemption. I mean, it comes up in Chassidus and Tani, even in a number of different places, discussing current, you know, even in the times of exile, how to view suffering and so on and so, so forth. I want to focus on just a few points of the discussion, particularly how it relates to the future redemption. So in general, we know the Chassidus tells us that everything is really good. And even the suffering that we have is really, it's chasadim ha-mechusim. It's a very hidden level of good which, because it's so great and intense, could only be revealed in this world in a garment, in a cloak, in a mask of, of, of gvuda, of severity, of things that appear to be the opposite of the blessing. But that's because we cannot grasp it because of its great, you know, its great good. 
And when Mashiach comes, so then it says we'll, we'll be able then the pneumious, the inner aspect of this suffering will be revealed and we will realize that it was really for our benefit. Now, there are, Chassidus itself says that there are multiple levels in this, it's multiple interpretations and levels. Just to want to focus on, on a, a few points to try to get a better understanding of this concept. So first of all, on a very basic level, even without getting too deep into Chassidic thought on this matter, we have a pasuk in Hazinu, which says, Hatsur Taman Pole, that the Abishter, whatever he does is complete, Mishpot, all his ways are just, are done with with with, with judgment, with you know, according to a, a proper just system. Kelamuna Veinovel is a god of faith, there's no iniquity, everything he does is 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 right. And it was a very basic, very important insight that the Rebbe once explained to someone by Yechidis. This is, I think it's on my encounters a number of years ago, somebody was relating this idea that the Rebbe was explaining to him. The Rebbe said that if somebody goes into a construction site, he will look at things that are going on as a very big mess. You know, there's wood laying over here, there's a hole in the ground. Many things that are going on doesn't understand what's happening. However, when a person sees the final product, a person sees the building when it, and after it's finished, he will realize how everything that was going on in this construction site was all for the purpose of, you know, the building coming up, this hole in the ground was where the foundations were dug and the wood was going to go, that was laying on the side, will go into the building. Maybe I don't remember exactly the, 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 the parable that the Rebbe gave, but the point was that the Rebbe was making is that as we live life, we only see a very small picture of the we only see a very small part of the big picture. And therefore, that small part that we see doesn't make any sense to us. Why is this guy suffering? Why is this happening? Why is that happening? However, once the f- product is complete, when Mashiach comes and the plan of creation, and in other words, we'll be able to see the whole picture, everything, the, everything from beginning to end, when we realize we'll now be able to put the pieces of the puzzle together and see how the small ask the small, you know, experiences that we had, which we only saw a very minute aspect of the big picture, we will realize that was really all part of a big master plan and it was all just and right and it was good. And uh, basically the point that the Rebbe was telling him is that the Abishir, obviously, he has a whole bigger plan. Abishir, Tom and Paulo, his, his work, what he does is complete. You know, there's, we only, we don't see the whole plan, the whole, blueprint of creation and the whole purpose of everything and as the Abishur sees it. We only see a small minute thing. In the future, the Abishur, you know, will be able to look back and see how everything, all the small thing, you know, all the small pieces of the puzzle that each person experienced in his own life, we will see how it all connects to the larger picture. We will notice that it was really in truth all good. This is again a very uh, you know, very basic point how, you know, whatever we experience, how real it is and how traumatic it is. Nevertheless, we don't really understand what it's all about, what the purpose of it is. But when we will understand in the future, again, this is not something, again, I'm not, when I, obviously I'm not trying to justify any suffering that any of us is going through, just, and just a perspective how to view the days of Mashiach. When Mashiach comes, then we'll be able to experience something which we couldn't experience. Now we'll be able to Hashem will be able to show us, so to say, the plan, the master plan, what, how, what, what everything was leading up to, and then will make sense to us. 
it's still, so this is just, you know, a very basic point. Now, in the uh, getting a little further with trying to discuss more examples that are discussed in Chassidus, the Chassidus highlights two very famous stories that are mentioned in the Gemara regarding two different sages, how they have viewed negative things in a positive light. There's a story of Rabbi Akiva and there's a story of Nochomish Gamzu. What was the story of Rabbi Akiva? Rabbi Akiva was once traveling and he had a donkey with him and he had a rooster and a candle and he wanted to stay over in a certain city for the night. They wouldn't let him stay, so he had to go to the woods to sleep, and which that itself wasn't, it was dangerous, wasn't, you know. And the Rabbi Akiva would always say that Kol whatever they does, the merciful one does is for the good. And uh, he st- stayed overnight in that in the, in the woods. And uh, as the famous story goes, a uh, a lion came and ate his donkey. A cat came and ate his rooster. And a wind came, blew out his candle. He was left with nothing. And he said, "Whatever day Bishu does is for the good." And the next morning, he goes to the town, and he realizes that the night before, bandits uh, struck the town, and they uh, whatever they did to the inhabitants, they took them captive. Whatever it was. Not sure. And basically, he realized that whatever Debesha did was for good. Debesha didn't want him to sleep in the city because he would have been taken captive, but it would have been hurt as the other people were. Debesha didn't blow out the cause the lion to come tear up the donkey so that the bandits shouldn't hear the sound of the donkey and be able to find him. The same thing was the a cat ate up the rooster so that the rooster shouldn't make noise and give away his location. The same thing with the candle. The wind blew out the candle so that they shouldn't be able to see by the light of the candle, see the light of the candle and be able to trace their way back to Rabbi Akiva. So this is a famous story that I'm sure many of you heard, but either way, this is a classic story which highlights the concept of whatever they wish it does is for the good. There's another story that the Gemara brings regarding Nochomish Gamzu. Nochomish Gamzu was a sage that lived in a generation before Rabbi Akiva, would always say, this too is for the good. And uh, the, you know, the story that the Gemara brings is that the Jews once asked him to go on a mission to go to the emperor, the Caesar in Rome, to bring him a box full of, uh, you know, gold and diamond, you know, gold, silver, diamonds, whatever it was, because to try to, uh, you know, they needed to find favor in the eyes of the Caesar, different decrees that he would always make in the Jewish people. It was an important mission he had to go on behalf of the Jewish people, and they gave him a long. They sent him. A, they sent with him a present for the emperor. On his way to Rome, he stirred, uh, the, he he stayed. On his way to the emperor, he stays in a, in a guest house in a hotel, and the owner realizes that he's carrying a precious chest, a press, precious you know box of of of, of uh, you know diamonds or whatever, gold, silver, whatever it was. So he decided, you know. Let's, uh, I'll steal it and I'll refill his chest so he doesn't know the difference. I'll put some earth inside, which will make it feel very heavy. So he won't notice, you know, the difference. But that's what he did. And that's what happened. And Nochomish uh, Gamzul later, he realizes, but, you know, what is he supposed to do now? He says, Gamzul, this was for the good. He goes to the emperor in Rome. He brings him the, uh, the box and the emperor opens it up. He sees it's dust and he gets very angry. Wants to kill Nachomish Gamzu, and then Elio Anovi, Elijah the prophet, appears in the image of one of the emperor's advisors, ministers, whatever it was, 
And he tells the emperor that, you know, this, maybe what he's bringing you is the same earth that Avram Avinu, the Medish tells us, and Avram Avinu fought in the war against the different kings. He, uh, he would take earth. Hashem made a miracle. He took earth and he threw it at them and miraculously turned into arrows, swords. And maybe the Jewish people are bringing you that same earth that Avram, their ancestor, used. So Emperor said, okay, let's try it at battle. And they tried it at battle. And they saw Takets was a miraculous earth. And they, they, he was so happy, so overjoyed, and you know, so appreciative of this present, you know, that he fulfilled Nochomish Gamzel's you know, request or whatever. I don't remember exactly the details of the story, but he, he was very happy about this, was very, you know, happy with it, that the Jewish people did for him. And he sent back a, a chest of of gold and silver and diamonds, whatever it was for the Jewish people to show appreciation. And the story goes on his way home, he stays in the same guest house, and the guy was shocked that Nachomish Gamzel came back with such honor. And when he was told what happened, so he goes to the, so he decides to take a part of Zin and to bring the emperor all the earth from, from the inn. And he says, I brought you the same earth that that other Jew brought you. And the emperor tried it out, and he saw it was just plain earth, and he, he punished the, the owner of the guest house. Now, both of these stories that Rabbi Akiva and Nochomish Gamzu sound very similar. The difference is that there's one crucial difference. Crucial difference is that Rabbi Akiva, the fact that a lion ate up the donkey, the fact that his rooster was eaten up, was a loss. It was an actual loss. It was something that it was some form of suffering. It was only that this suffering prevented a much more severe suffering from taking place. Right? It's obviously better for him to have lost his donkey and his rooster than they have been taken to be hurt by these bandits. Nachumish Gamzu, on the other hand, when the golden, and when the chest of, of precious diamonds, whatever it was, was taken away from him, at that moment it appeared as something negative. But the fact that he got the earth, it wasn't that it was a loss that he incurred and you know, it was just that it was compensated by something else, in other words, was a smaller loss to avoid a greater loss, that he, he lost something, but he got back something else. No, Enochemish Gamzu, the earth that he got, which originally appeared as something negative, this was something which later he realized it was much more precious than the gold and silver. For the king, getting, for the emperor, getting a box of gold and silver, whatever it was, obviously wasn't a big deal. He got such presents quite often. Such a miraculous earth was a once-in-a-lifetime experience for the king, right? So in the story of Nachomish Gamzu, wasn't that the, the, the fact that the, that the, 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 the chest of precious gold and silver that was, what, what was taken away from him, that that, was, that itself was the loss, retroactively was revealed that that was a great blessing in of itself. So the Rebbe says that Rabbi Akiva and Nachomish Gamzu represent two different approaches to negative things, to have, how to view negative things for the good. Both of them looked at said, both of them said that it's good. But the difference is, Rabbi Akiva said that whatever Hashem does is for the good, which means it could be it's a negative thing, but it's for the good. It, it, it leads to a better good. Like in the case of Rabbi Akiva, the fact that his lion, the lion ate up the donkey and his rooster uh, was eaten up by the cat and so on and so forth, that itself you can't say was good, but it was for the good, was you know, compared to whatever happened, this was a loss that was for the good. case of Nachomish Gamzu, he didn't say it's for the good. He said this itself, Gamzu, it was called Nachomish Gamzu, because he used to say Gamzu. Gamzu means this itself is good. Gamzu it's not just it's 
for the good, but he saw the good in a much more revealed way that this itself is good. So when it comes to the future redemption, the truth is there, we, you know, these, there are multiple levels and layers of understanding the good of the future redemption, as we will understand it when Mashiach comes, obviously. Now it's impossible to see good, and we're not supposed to see good in, 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 of the exile. In time of exile, exile is bad, and Nebuchadnezzar wants us to view it at that way, the Rebbe says, in order that we should be able to dive into Nebuchadnezzar and scream at Mosai until when we're going to suffer. But the, uh, when Mashiach comes, we'll be able to see the good that was in exile. There are multiple levels and layers of that. One way is that we will realize that this suffering was suffering, but because of this suffering, we're going to realize all the great revelations of the future, or the great reward we will get, when we realize it was all as a result of the suffering. It's something which will only be able to be, become revealed to us, and we will only be able to appreciate it at that time when Mashiach comes. But at that time, that's how we will look at it. So now, when we look at it from that level and that perspective, what it still means is that it was suffering, but we will see how it was for the good. But that's not really what the Pasuk means when it says that we will thank Hashem for the suffering of exile. It doesn't mean that we will just look back and say it was for the good. It means, as Chassidah says, that ultimately we will see how the exile, the suffering itself was good. Now, that's a very powerful idea, something which you know it's, might even be much more harder to understand than uh, saying that it was for the good. We might be able to understand that it will be such a great level of bliss and life will be so amazing beyond nature, beyond anything we could imagine in the future that somehow maybe we'll be able to realize how all the suffering was worth it. You know, the, the Gemara says that a person that, uh, you know, a person was supposed to go on a, on, on a boat and he, uh, he gets a splinter and he, uh, you know, he misses, he misses the boat and he starts, you know, he's, he's so upset that he missed the boat because of, because of a small piece of wood that got into his foot. And then he hears that the boat sunk and he thanks Hashem that he got the splinter, right? So it was a suffering, he got the splinter, was a suffering, but because of that suffering, his life was saved. So, so there is sometimes a person goes through something, later retroactively he realizes, oh, something much better happened as a result. But it wasn't something that, what, at a, when it happened, it wasn't in of itself good, but it led to something good. But the ultimate experience of redemption is that we will see that the suffering itself was good. Uh, this, uh, this has, there, there are, Again, this is something which we cannot really uh, understand or even imagine at this point. But there are a few reasons, few explanations how that will be. First of all, one explanation that Chassidus says is that within the suffering of exile, what's hidden is such an intense love that when it will be that 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 when that love will be revealed, will be, it will be so good, so blissful that we will realize how the suffering itself was really good, which means like this. Siddha says that, brings a marshal. Siddha says, you have a father that's taking care of his son. Well, he's taking care of his son. Okay, life is good, you know. But sometimes the father has to punish his son. When the father punishes his son, there's two things happening. On one hand, the father treats, it, treats his son, son does something dangerous, and the father has to, you know, uh, or, you know give him a, a severe punishment to teach him that he should never do this again, that, that could cause him harm. On one hand, the father is treating him, the father is a nice guy, he's kind, he loves the son, he's treating him harshly. The son never saw his father acting that way to him, he's giving him such a severe punishment. So on the one hand, he's seeing a terrible gvuri, he's seeing a terrible act of, 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 uh, of, of judgment. On the other hand, however, 
the father's love for the son is much greater now. And the father has to go against his nature, which he's trying, which he wants to be good. And for the in order to teach the son a lesson for the benefit of the son, at that point, there's a much greater love expressed for, in the father's heart for the son. Hiddenly, obviously. Now, as all well the son is suffering, he, he only sees the actual suffering. But once the suffering is over, that intense love that was revealed within the father's heart at the time of the suffering becomes revealed in an in, in unbelievable good that he does for the son. Once, he, once he, the son doesn't have to be punished anymore, then that love that was revealed at the time of, of the punishment that he felt that the need to, to punish the son, that love now comes out and expressed in such a great way. The father tries to you know, do many good things for the son and the son should realize that, you know, that's, so I'm sorry to express the love that he has for the child. So this idea, Chassidus says, that right now in exile we're suffering. The suffering is only a garment for a great love. Once the suffering is over, and we'll be able to, so to say, see what's laying behind the suffering. We'll see the great love of Hashem, and that great love will be expressed in unbelievable good. So when we look back at exile, we're going to look at it, not we'll be able to see, once, so to say, the suffering is over, we'll be able to identify that in essence, the suffering wasn't really what it was all about. It was about the love of Hashem for us. And now we're able to experience this love in, in, in a revealed good. So we'll be able to see that inherently was a revealed good of Hashem. There's another further point that Chassidus says, which is that when Mashiach comes, we will, we will see how, the, how, how the, all the things we were going through, and this is really the ultimate explanation, which is obviously very hard to understand at this point, but this is how it's explained. So as we will see, how the suffering itself was all part of the redemption. How all the suffering itself that we went through was really leading up to redemption. This is something which we cannot appreciate now at all. When Mashiach comes, we will be able to appreciate it. Not only we will see how was the punishment itself of exile stemmed from a great love, we'll be able to see that, and this is another explanation, we'll be able to see how all the bliss of the redemption started through the suffering. You know, it's very hard for us to understand this, but just a few mishalim, a few parables that maybe, well, you know, for example, the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash was a terrible blow to the Jewish people. But when Mashiach comes, we will see that the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash was just in order to prepare the ground for the rebuilding of the third Beis HaMikdash. We won't look at it as a suffering. We will see it then from a different perspective. We will see then how Hashem destroyed the second Beis HaMikdash Merely so that so that there should be place for the third base amikdash to be built, we will see how it was just to prepare to pave the way for the third base amikdash. Another marshal, the Chafetz Chaim says a very interesting marshal. He says it brings a parable of a guy that has a sack of wheat and he worked hard, you know, all those hours of work of getting wheat, and he's taking a sack of wheat home, and there's a hole in the sack of wheat, and as he's walking, there's kernels of the wheat that are falling down on the ground, and this is really every kernel that falls is. You know, stabbing his heart, so to say. You know, all those efforts are going down the drain. He's poor. He, every kernel of wheat is extremely significant to him. And, you know, it is a hole. It's, he's losing a lot of them as he's walking. Anyway, next year he walks back. He sees that all these kernels of wheat grew into a beautiful field, a magnificent field of wheat. He has much more wheat now. So what happens is that same cause of suffering, that same thing which before he viewed as a loss of suffering, he now sees as an extraordinary blessing. It took some time, but when it happened, he was able to view it from a totally different thing, from a totally different viewpoint. So the ultimate explanation of why, how, we, not only we will forget about the suffering of exile, but the ultimate explanation of Siddha says we'll be able to look back at it 
and see that it was really good. And this is something which is impossible for us to appreciate now. We know that that will happen, but at least it gives us the ability, the Rebbe says, that gives us the ability that when we're going to, through exile, and this is the takeaway from the whole discussion, when we should know that in essence, exile is only there for the redemption. Exile itself is not meant to harm us, to punish us. You know, to, that's not its ultimate purpose. It's to pave the way for the redemption. So when a person is in exile and he comes across negative things, he shouldn't, Get a, shouldn't hinder him from doing the right thing, from serving the Eibishter, because ultimately he knows that this is really good. This is really to bring out his abilities to serve the Eibishter even greater. Should, that, that suffering itself, that he views now as suffering, he will look at it at a completely new light when Mashiach comes and we'll see what it was really all about. The Eibishter should help that all suffering should end. We should merit the coming of Mashiach and uh, we should be able to see all the good that's in store for us Take it from Yad Mamish, speedily in our days, Amen. Classic Take is produced by Tudal's Podcast Productions, producers of The Daily Boost, The Weekly Fabrengen, Power Fabrengen, and Mashiach Mindset Audio. Available on all podcast platforms.